Playing for God. I'll begin with a quote from David Hawkins, MD, PhD, a psychiatrist and enlightened being who talks beautifully about uh, non-duality from a Western perspective. And Dr. Hawkins says, The essence of all that exists is divine. So when we let go of our attachment to the linear perspective, then we become aware of the divinity of all that exists. Therefore, your life is conducted at all times in the presence of God. At all times you are in the presence of God. It's just that you fail to recognize it. And when you recognize it, you see the divinity of all that exists, the infinite potential of creation. You see that evolution and creation are one and the same thing. Evolution is what creation looks like. Religionists seem to think that first there was nothing, then suddenly there was a God. They don't understand. That which is forever has no beginning. It has no ending. It has no start. It has no source. It has no cause. This is uh, truly one of my favorite stories. Uh, it's just a, a, a magical experience that I had. One day, uh, several years ago, I, I stopped at the Vedanta Center in Hollywood. Uh, it's up on a hill. It's uh, where Christopher Isherwood hung out, helped translate a version of the Bhagavad Gita with one of the monks there. They have all of the works of Vivekananda and uh, Ramakrishna, and so many beautiful books and uh, Murti's statues from India and Tibet and Nepal, good incense, and recordings. There's always someone very interesting at the cash register. You can have some great conversations there. And the bookstore is like walking into the past in the best possible way. And, and I've spent many hours there just browsing their shelves. It's, and it's rare these days to have a, a bookshop at all. But this one has always been special and remains even more so now. When I arrived, it was 15 minutes till the bookstore opened. There were two or three others like me waiting outside in the sunshine. They have benches there to sit on. And a monk, I assume he was a monk, he was wearing a very snappy orange sweater, came up to me and a young man seated there next to me and said, there is someone inside, indicating the temple, who is going to play the cello. He wants to play for God. He played for the Dalai Lama. I'm sure he wouldn't mind you listening. I took off my boots and went into the temple. Entering through the side door, I saw the musician on the other side of the sanctuary. A big, healthy-looking, red-headed man in his 40s, holding his cello and his bow. We exchanged smiles as I went to the front pew and, and sat. He closed his eyes as if in meditation, still cradling his instrument. I closed my eyes too. 
I had the thought that I'd like to see his first note, just see how he would move from silence to not silence. But it felt more appropriate to keep my eyes closed, so I simply gave in to the deep calm of the space. I heard a few others come in and take seats quietly around me. Some time later, I became aware of a sound, a tone that seemed not to have a beginning, but rather arose from the silence so subtly and incrementally as to carry the silence along with it. And as it grew in volume, it became recognizable as a cello note, deep, long, resonant. But it was coming from a different place than where I had seen the cellist. I opened my eyes, and now he was right there in front of me. He'd brought his chair and, and his instrument to the front of the sanctuary and begun playing his instrument in absolute silence, as if all of it were a part of his prayer. The sitting, the moving, the beginning, and now the music. It was subtle and beautiful and profound, growing slowly into something, then subsiding, then growing again until finally, some time later, it disappeared back into the silence and we were left there together in the wake of it. It was clear that there would not be another piece. And at a certain point, everyone, the cellist and all those listening, stood. Whatever had taken place was over, and we filed out, bowing in thanks to the musician, smiling at him for the gift we just received of his musical prayer to God, whatever that meant to him. I never did find out his name. How would it be if we thought God were always present? Where would we give of our time, our attention, our energy? How would we be with that energy? If God were here right now before me, would I still be worried about my bills, weight, career, social position? Would I ignore him, her, it long enough to check my email? Would I keep replaying in my mind the moment of shame or embarrassment that I've been torturing myself with for days or months or years? Would I say, hang on just a sec, I need to check my Instagram? David Hawkins says, live your life like a prayer, as if you're always in the presence of the divine, as if each moment matters as if the potential for beauty is here, always, within our reach, if only we choose to notice. Today I will assume the omnipresence of the divine, of spirit, of consciousness, everywhere, every when, here and now, always, in each moment, in each space. I will assume that this presence recognizes me, 
I will assume it loves me as it loves all that has arisen from it with all the infinite power of itself to love. I will assume it wishes to hear from me and has been waiting patiently and smilingly for me to arrive at this moment exactly as I am and give of myself to it by the beauty of my own presence. And when I forget, I will assume that the forgetting too is just a part of my song for the day. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Embracing Bliss. I started this podcast and the book it's based on to offer a daily reminder to myself as well as to you that we have the freedom to choose happiness. And if ever we needed happiness and freedom to choose in this world, now would be that time. So please do share it with someone you love, send it to a friend, and also please stay in touch. Links for Instagram, uh, the book Embracing Bliss, and to sign up for my newsletter can all be found in the show notes. Until next time, have a great day.